Coming up next on The Jeff Crilly Show, it's like a Fox for a reunion. The great Richard Ray is in the studio. You're going to hear his journey just ahead. Many are predicting that the worst is yet to come, which is unfortunate, said one person here. Until now, they've enjoyed the reputation of being the nation's icebox. Watched a burglar in his home this morning by webcam. As a journalist of over 25 years, stories are what make my world turn. Reporting live from the Dallas Newsroom tonight, Jeff Crilly, Fox 4 News. But in 2008, I took the jump from my familiar life and started a PR firm from my home. We're talking about anyone with a camcorder like the one I'm using becomes a television network. We started slowly growing the company and we now have over a hundred clients and we've branched into the world of live digital broadcasting. I now own eight different TV studios and have a huge team. And the stories that I now get to share are sometimes the most important of my life. Life has a funny way of coming around full circle. This is the Jeff Crilly Show. Well, as you know, I spent 25 years in TV news, and that sounds like a long time to me, but imagine being in TV news for 46 years. My next guest is a good friend, Richard Ray. Thank you for coming on the show. And to be alive to tell the story. <laughs> it's uh, good to see you again, Jeff. Thank you. We don't well, see you enough. If, if, uh, if Richard is familiar to you, it's because he was in your living room every single night uh, for 36 years. Is that right? At, at uh, Channel 4, was CBS, KDFW. Became Fox 4, yeah, 36 years. Outstanding. Okay, so uh, you are a uh, award-winning storyteller, and you're working on documentaries right now, and we're going to get into that in a second. But first of all, do you, can you even believe that you're retired? I, Jeff, I'm having the time of my life. I've, I've never had more fun. And uh, if I'd have known retirement was going to be this much fun, I probably would have done it earlier. But yeah, I, I'm really having a blast. I've been able to uh, transition into a second career in filmmaking. I've done some uh, t feature films, uh, some commercials, some voiceover work. Uh, but increasingly, as you mentioned briefly, I'm, I'm working on producing and uh, developing doc documentary projects, which is, which is becoming my true love. I think that's where I'm going to start focusing most of my energy, and I, I have the last couple of months. Outstanding. More on that in a minute, but I went back to do some homework, and they came up with a great goodbye uh, show for you at Fox 4. Let's run a clip. I'm going to give you guys a little palate cleanser. I did put together a little something. <laughs> <laughs>
Raise a little family and hang out with my wife. Spend precious moments with the ones that I hold dear. Make up for lost time here in my next 30 years. incredible body of work and it has been my honor to work with you for 36 years all right rich what what was that like to have that happen you know the, the goodbye show I, I get a little choked up but because the whole thing with the way I went out uh, I gave him two months notice and uh, there were a number of articles written in the paper and what Channel 4 did for me and that doesn't always happen you know when you're leaving a TV station the, the, my final show anchoring a Sunday night newscast, uh, final day on Good Day, final day on 6 o'clock, and then that going away party there. Uh, showed me a lot of love, and I really, they're still, my, they're still my Fox 4 family. I love those guys, all of them. Raul, the guy that put that together, was my photographer on the Lone Star Adventure series forever. I was just so blessed by the whole experience of being at Dallas, Fort Worth, Channel 4 for 36 years, getting to work with guys like you Thank that you. became friends and were, were uh, interesting and fun to work with. And those kinds of jobs don't exist anymore. As you know, uh, Jeff, it's not that kind of job anymore. The kind of Lone Star Adventure series that I did all that crazy, goofy stuff, uh, long form features that you were good at and, and I thought I, I was decent at don't get done much anymore. It's, it's really much a much more abbreviated kind of storytelling. So I feel like, and I've said this to you before, I felt like you and I were part of the golden era of local TV news. Yes. And, um, and like I say, I'm, I got out at the right time. I'm having a blast, absolute blast. And a privilege really to come into people's homes during some of the biggest events of their life. I mean, I think about the Branch Davidians yep. because I got here in 92 and the Branch Davidians was uh, right there about 93. And, right. and you covered uh, the, when, the, uh, when everything was burning down. Uh, well, there's a, quite a story behind that because there was only a handful of us there when it went down because after 51 days, everybody w gave up and went home. And a reporter at CBS, we were CBS affiliate then, got a tip that there, something big was going to happen on, a, on, on Monday morning. And I'm home fishing with one my oldest boy and I get the, a page. We didn't have phones back. I got a page to call the station. They said something big's going to happen. And, oh, it's been 50. Nothing's going to oh, Okay. They want us there at 4 o'clock in the morning. Six o'clock, they started knocking holes in the wall, and, and then everybody in the world was scrambling to get there and didn't get there till afternoon. So when the fire started at noon, I'm doing a live shot when the fire started, seven minutes after noon, Walter Evans, remember, anchoring yep. the, 
the new newscast. So there's quite a story behind that, and we deservedly won a lot of awards for the coverage of that. Well, and that, I know I was not there for the fire. I was watching at home, and you just assumed everybody's going to come rushing out. Right. And when they didn't, uh, it, that had to just be uh, emotional to be, you know, be composed and be on yeah. air, but realize that people are dying inside the. One of the best compliments I got on that is that somebody told me later that they watched all three of the channels and I was the only one that didn't totally lose it at some point. Wow. <laughs> I was on here from literally on and off from six in the morning until seven o'clock at night. And uh, with a break to Barbara White was down there. So she would she would jump in occasionally if, if I had to. They went downtown for a news conference at about 10 o'clock in the morning. So but that was quite a day and it was emotionally draining to know all those kids were in there. Yes. And uh but that's one of the Emmys I won later was for, uh, well, I actually, I got an Emmy nomination for that. Didn't win the hard, hardware on that one, but for we did a documentary 10 years after that was pretty powerful and, and relived some of that. Wow. A lot of, lot of memorable stories. Well, and I know you have a bride of how many years now? We have been married. <laughs> she's going to kill me if I don't remember this right. We have been married uh, 28 years. All right, let's so there, Oh, there's, she's yes. so beautiful. Yes, yes. Well, you and I both married up. <laughs> and she's been right beside you for some of the biggest uh, yeah, you know, moments yeah, of your life. Yeah, she has. And, and we, tell, I tell, we tell each other all the time, nobody. Who has more fun than we do? Nobody. She's she's been a blessing to me, and and uh, we're still having a lot of fun. One of the things about retirement is that our kids took our grandkids and, and moved them all over the country. So if we want to see them. We got to go to Colorado or Columbus or or uh, Minneapolis. You know, we got to go to all these different places. But we've got time now to travel. We love to travel. Time to do mission work, and yes. we're going to talk about more of that, about that. And uh, and I can, and I can play baseball. I can. I, uh, Rebecca was asking. This is a world champion ring from the World Series in Phoenix, 65 plus, 2020. Really? I was on a team that was so good, about a 25-man roster. I might have been the 25th best player on the team. <laughs> but, you know, that's, that's the joy. I got the ride-along for the ring. They, we won this uh, next year. We won again. Last year, this year, uh, I couldn't go because I had a movie part I had agreed to do. But a team out of Fresno... Uh, uh, recruited me to play with a 70 plus team. We made the championship, but we lost in the championship. All I got is a t-shirt that says a finalist <laughs> on it. But uh, You can tell he's having fun, but I, I know your real heart is in mission work. Yeah. So you, uh, you loaned us some slides and we're going to put these up on the screen. And I want you to tell us what we're looking at. Okay. Now this is, this is last March, right after the war in Ukraine started. And it also involves baseball. There's a picture of this this is from a refugee center in a place called Helm, Poland. It's right on the Ukraine border. Uh, they're going through these slides a little quicker than I could keep up with them. But this is the team that went. I went with Texas Baptist Men, which you've done a lot of stories sure. on over the years. Let's stop on this slide. Just let me explain what, how I got involved with Texas Baptist Men. Because Catherine and I have been doing mission work locally and abroad in Africa and Latin America for almost 20 years. But... You covered a lot of stories with Texas Baptist men. I covered a lot of stories. Well, I went to Sri Lanka with Texas Baptist men after the tsunami in, in 2000, I think it was early 2006. And I always teased them. I'm, I'm Lutheran, but you guys, have, after I retire, I can volunteer to work with you guys. And they always said, yeah. So when I heard that they were potentially going to send a team to uh, 
uh, Ukraine and Poland, I went through all the training and I'm sitting in the airport waiting to do a baseball tournament in March. I get a call on a Friday. Are you ready to go? And I said, I got to talk to my wife. She did. She prayed about it and said, you could go. And by Wednesday, I was on a plane to uh, Poland. We worked at most of the time. You'll see these are shots from a warehouse that was uh, where they were coming in from Ireland. They were going out to places in Ukraine. A lot of these were loading up trucks and vans and whatever, praying over people that are about to go back into uh, into uh, the Ukraine. It was two weeks of really backbreaking work at, in the warehouse uh, and, and glamorous stuff working in the in the shelter, you know, cleaning toilets and mopping floors and that kind of thing. Well, let me ask you this because you were the world traveler for Fox 4. I remember right. you, you know, jumping on an airplane and going to Mexico for an earthquake and you were there for every major, um, you know, catastrophe for uh, at least a decade there. Is it different going there as not a journalist, but as a volunteer? Absolutely, but although I got a kind of a taste of it when I went to Sri Lanka with them after the tsunami because they sent a team there. The, Texas Baptist works all over the world and they're experts at clean water and mass feeding. And I went with a team that was all the wells in, in Sri Lanka were swamped by uh, the tsunami. So they, they didn't have clean drinking water. So they sent a team over to do that. And I went with them. So I and we slept on the floor and, and went with them just as part of the team. We did daily reports and then we came back and we did a half hour documentary. And so I really knew what the drill was and having done that kind of stuff on mission work for my church, I kind of knew too. But yeah, traveling for work was it is different in that you're over there, it's the tension's high, you're trying to produce stories every day. Oftentimes just getting your stories to the feed point would be uh, a really colossal effort. And you know, oftentimes it involved not sleeping for two days in a row. Right. And, and so with the mission work, it could be very hard, uh, but it's very rewarding. I mean, you feel like I felt so privileged. That's the only word I can come up with on going to Ukraine and Poland with Texas Baptist men was I was privileged to be able to go over there and serve others in the name of Jesus, which we did. Mm. I mean, it's not overtly, you know, we're not, we're not, proselytizing the whole time. We're just helping people, uh, serving people uh, and, sh and showing them God's love. And it, it was hard. I got really sick Did you? Uh, with the stomach bug. A bunch of the guys came back with COVID. I didn't. I was the only one that didn't come back with COVID. But it was so rewarding. And, and uh, I hope to do something with Texas Baptist men again, if they'll uh, have me. I was going to say, are you on the short list? I mean, you well, you know, they do. They're out. They're probably going to send somebody to Turkey. Because that, okay. that, that yeah. just happened, right? I would not be surprised if that doesn't come out. Now, uh, right now, I'm so deep into this documentary work that I don't think I can do that now. But that doesn't mean uh, to say that, uh, you know, six, from, six months from now, there would be a, a tornado or a hurricane or something. And they're sure. out all the time. They've got Texas Baptist men is sending people out into the field all the time to do a variety of things. And they're all trained real well to do that. Sure. It's a good organization. And I know there's only so much you can tell us about the documentary projects you're, you're um, looking at right now. But let's talk about the art of telling a documentary versus a minute and a half news story. Well, we talked about the golden age of TV. And I, had, I was lucky enough at working at Channel 4 to do probably, well, at, at previous stations I did some documentaries too, but I was lucky enough to do probably 12 or 15 documentaries over the years, including I did a uh, documentary in conjunction with the Sixth Floor Museum that won an Emmy. I remember that. And um, so I kind of know how it works working in that setting. But to tell you the truth, when you get into the 
wider documentary world outside the bubble of local TV news, it's a whole different ballgame. And I'm still trying to learn the ropes. What I'm trying to do is surround myself with, I've hooked up with a really bright young producer who used me in a documentary. One, one of the documentaries I did is going to come out uh, later this year. I think they'll finish it. They got, they're coming back at the end of this month. They want to do another day of shooting with me. Uh, but it'll probably come out on TV in the UK and here in, in Dallas by the end of the year. Well, I was just really impressed with her. And I started telling her about these other story ideas and another documentary that I'm deep into that we're also negotiating with another production company to do. And she said, we should work together. You've got some great ideas. I can get you to the right people. And I think that uh, that's a godsend too, because I had been chasing a lot of this acting work, which it, when you start out, it's just these small independent films that don't pay anything. You know, you don't want the quality is going to be on them and that kind of thing. And although they're fun to do, I think my real calling, I think where he is really leading me is into this documentary work. And so that's that's how I'm going to focus well, on that. And I love it that you're living life on your terms because there was far too many days when we both came into Fox 4 and were assigned a, a murder story or something uh, where we're going to be visiting with a family that's grieving and, right. and um, to be able to choose your own projects. Tell, right. tell me about that. That's that's the beauty of it too, because these are pro when I'm pitching a project, it's a project that I feel strongly about, and I feel like there's a story to be told that hasn't been told. One in particular right now is about a very dark, dark. You you know the story well if I told you what it was, but I've I've got a confidential confidentiality agreement right now. I really shouldn't talk too much about it, but it's got a really dark, evil side to it. But there's also a bright side, a faith-based side that got the family through this. And I want to be able to tell stories that that have that kind of a, a twist to them. I think you met my manager not long ago, Tanya Renee, yes. and she, she and I think a lot alike on these things in that uh, you have to be in the secular world to tell really honest stories and to get that perspective across. Too, too often, faith-based projects, which I would love to get involved with faith-based projects, and I haven't really had much luck at it, but too often they don't really take a realistic look at life. The Bible is an X-rated uh, book. Uh, real life is messy. Too often faith-based are pretty sugar-coated and unreal. And so I, that's why I think I can make a difference. I think my faith can make a difference in the stories I tell in the secular area. Again, not preachy stories, just yes. telling a wider take a wider look at it from different perspectives and that kind of thing. I love that because um, it, it is a ministry for you and you're able to reach people who might never go into a church right. and, and, and hit them with a story that causes them maybe to rethink their own situation. As a Christian, you don't want to live in a bubble mm -hmm. where you're surrounded only by people who look like you and who believe the same thing you believe. That's why foreign mission work is so important. So many Americans seem to think that that Christianity ends at the border. Mm -hmm. No, our, we've got brothers and sisters in Christ all over the world that, that need us as much as we need them. And so I think that wider perspective is also helping me in telling these kinds of stories. I love to travel. Fortunately, I married a bride who loves to travel. She doesn't like to fly, but she'll get on a plane and go wherever we want to go. And uh, uh, our mission work has so enriched our lives it all started with a trip to Kenya in 2004 that has led to everything else and so many good things in our life that, uh, which might be time for 
another story to tell that whole, yeah. that whole story. Well, uh, this won't be the last time you see Richard on my show. Hopefully he'll come back in a few months and when he's able to talk about some of the Anytime projects. Anytime you can have me, oh, Thank I'll you. Well, what a blessing. Uh, we're gonna end with your Facebook page. It's right there on the screen. And uh, Rich, congratulations and, and thank you for sharing your, thank you. your heart with us. Thank you. That's it for now. We'll see you next time.